Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, as promised, uh, Scott Mosby here, Hour 2, Home Improvement. One full hour takes us up to 1 o'clock today uh, when we uh, join your retirement professionals at 1 p.m. today on KMOX, 2 p.m., Business of Family Business. Right now, phone calls, phone topics, phone in. Let's bring you up here on the call screener here, which uh, tells me who's waiting and how long you've been waiting, a little bit about your topic. Those are the things that matter. So uh, anyway, just keep that in mind. We have phone lines open for you, 314-436-7900, uh, Bring it in. Let's have a call. Anything around your home and uh there is a lot uh, of issues uh, security-wise around our uh, region and area. There is every holiday season. Um, the bad guys know we're out shopping. We're buying more than we normally do. We're bringing goodies home to our house in the form of gifts and things like that. Uh, we're gone more than normal uh, shopping. So beware of the security around your home during this time of year is very high because, you know, it's, you know, the winter hasn't really set in, you know, it's a 40 to 50, you know, it's still pretty nice around, you know, for St. Louis and we're out and about. So be aware your deadbolts, your locks, the latches, the windows uh, being latched as well, uh, simple things like that. Uh, the holiday lighting is very good because having your home illuminated to where, you know, the police, the fire, paramedics, all of those folks can see your home from the police to see, you know, is the bad guy lurking around? Is there anybody that shouldn't be there or something out of order? Because really, as the... Uh, excuse me, as the police cruisers go around the neighborhood, they're just looking for something, just being aware um, of just what's out of place. Just like you and I, if we uh, have something medically, it's like, oh, I'm just not feeling just right. And then you start paying attention to it. Uh, as you and I walk around our houses, I talk about the walkabout in the summer and the spring and fall. Well, you know, go outside, take a look at your house. You know, I do it with a cup of coffee. I look at my roof, that kind of thing. Well, Police, firefighters are doing the same thing. Is there something out of the ordinary? So um, just, you know, be aware that illuminating, lighting your home, it matters. Simple things. So landscape lighting matters. Uh, where you put those lights to illuminate your house. Illuminate your house. Um, deadbolts and latches. Simple things that when you go through a door and you close the door, make sure it does latch you know, or as in in the old mid, you know, the old uh, scrubby Dutch pull two. You know, that's one I grew up with. Pull the door two, which means you know, pull it to close. Uh, anyway, that was one of the ways to say it. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred. So be aware of doors, windows latching. We're going into a, a cold winter, so be aware that your threshold, as we talked about earlier in hour one with uh, Mary Lynn, uh, she was adjusting her threshold. It was an adjustable threshold, which means that there's a piece of that threshold. Threshold stays on the floor in contact with the wood, the flooring material, the concrete, whatever it is. And then this wood piece, you unscrew the two or three uh, screws, and they're usually slotted screws, uh, and they look not quite like a screw. They're just a turning cylinder, and it raises that wood up to squeeze to it toward uh, tighter on the bottom of the door, and the door sweep or the wet the um, rubber 
um, sweep threshold weather strip part is usually on the underside of the door. Um, so when you're trying to uh, limit, stop, or uh, rebuild your door for less air leakage, the biggest uh, culprit is usually down there on the threshold on the bottom because you walk in and out of that door, you step on that threshold. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I wheel things in and out. When I have, you know, like uh, if I'm doing home repairs, I put it on a little two-wheel cart boom, right across the old threshold and down she goes so um, on a an adjustable threshold you unscrew or turn those two or three or four slotted screws if you have a six foot wide pair of doors there might be four or five of those things you put the slotted screwdriver in you turn it counterclockwise lefty loosey righty tight lefty loosey lifts so think about lefty loosey lifts righty tighty down so as you unscrew that, it, it lifts that wood closer, pinching the bottom of the door more so, so that that weather stripping uh, engages and blocks the airflow. Uh, 314-436-7900 puts us together by phone lines. Uh, let's uh, get right to the phone lines. Talk to my friend Ruby. Ruby, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunchtime on KMOX. How can I help you this fine day? Hello. Hello, Ruby. You're on KMOX. How can I help? Hello, Ruby, are you there? Uh, If you're listening to your radio, you're seven seconds behind. You have to listen only to the uh, handset or your phone. All right, I guess we lost Ruby there. Sorry. Anyway, give us a call back. For those of you calling into CAMOX, um, if you remember Janet Jackson at the uh, Super Bowl dropping her top or whatever happened, that threw the entire security and communication system, whether television, radio, uh, internet, any of that stuff, so that we always had a delay. But there is a seven-second delay on KMOX and typically on any other live radio show uh, so that if something gets said that uh, is inappropriate, then there's a button here on the console. I can press that button, and it's called the dump button. And I press that button, and whatever I said seven seconds ago, all of a sudden, it just, I go right current. So the point being that because of that occurrence years ago and even before, just on live radio, live TV, whatever it is, there's that dump or a delay, as they call it. And we've got that running now. So on live radio, we build the delay. So just be aware that when you are listening on your telephone, you're listening to me in real time. However, if you're listening to the radio in the same room, four feet away from that handset and that phone, you're hearing everything that we talked about seven seconds ago because there's a delay, a seven-second delay built into this broadcast and any other live anything uh, because the FCC holds us accountable for uh, clean and family-appropriate broadcast material. Go figure. Imagine that. Good concept. So anyway, just be aware that as it relates to you and me, listen only to what's going on in your phone. Turn down the radio if you can. Makes things all happier for all of us. 314-436-7900-436-7900. What we're talking about today uh, has been Christmas lights, um, electrical, uh, also um, water softeners. I want to get into, uh, I mentioned something about a vinegar solution. My wife is famous for this. Um, one cup of vinegar into two or three cups of water. Uh, 
And what it is, is that's a very low-grade acid. So those of you that work with vinegar, you know that it is an acid. That acid then dissolves the mineral deposits on the end of a water spout, on your shower head, uh, on the glass. Many people clean their showers with that. And be aware that CLR, the uh, product you can buy at the hardware store or home center, calcium lime rust, that has the same acid in it as the vinegar, the lime away, lime out, products like that uh, are basically acids that that um, uh, break down the mineral lime or those little sand pebble deposits you might see. For those of you that have aerators, you know, they'll screw in screens. Uh, what that does it, is it takes a solid tube of water, clear, high volume water, um, and it, it then breaks it up and induces or introduces air bubbles into it so that there's less water. So you can rinse your hands, wash your hands, brush your teeth with a less quantity of water than when you're using a big tube, kind of like coming out of a hose. A 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, um, appliances in our house that typically require annual maintenance, uh, furnaces, water heaters, um, uh, water softeners, water filters, aerators, things like that. So you can be prepared as we go into uh, 2024 with products ready for you. Um, and as well, uh, just remember, as I mentioned earlier, security matters more now this time of year. So when you leave the house, uh, just remember, lock the windows and doors while you're gone. Uh, you know, just makes, you just need to make it a little more inconvenient for the bad guys you generally can't keep them from breaking in but you can make your house a little less attractive and maybe they'll go down the street to somebody else that's really kind of the concept of security is can't necessarily keep them out of the neighborhood but sometimes you can keep them out of the house 314-436-7900 scott mosby home improvement at your service i'll return after this this move here watch this one a little spin here a little moonwalk yeah babe oh you like you like that oh what's that radio okay never mind we'll get my medication adjusted any minute and i'll be back on track here on camo x this is scott mosby uh let's go talk to my friend kathy hey kathy good afternoon welcome to lunchtime on camo x how can i help I was wondering if you could suggest a way that I can get my windows locked. They're relatively new to the kind with the, oh, the, the pull the two sashes together. And it, many of them don't, they don't lock. They don't, maybe when I hammer them, I get a piece of wood and hammer up the top and hammer down the bottom. And they still don't. So anyway, they wrapped them with vinyl, of course, on the outside. Uh, do and, they slide uh, up and down? Is that the type of window you have? Yes. Okay. Uh, how old are they? How old are your windows? I believe they put them in in 15 or 16. I can't remember exactly. But they've never closed. A couple yeah, of them have never lost. Well, <clears throat> two things. Uh, number one, um, new windows have weather stripping. Weather stripping, in, uh, oftentimes, if you have, uh, oddly enough, high energy windows, they have weather stripping that is very hard to compress. So to push your bottom sash down, you have to really push it down. <clears throat> and to push your top sash or the double hung part, pushing that up, it's hard to find a place to push. So I do understand what you're saying. Or if those windows were installed a little bit a kilter to the point that they're out of square 
as you push that bottom sash down, it may engage, say, on the bottom right corner, but not the left. Well, that means that those two sashes will never quite come together right. Um, so uh, what I'm going to advocate for here, Kathy, is uh, get somebody in to adjust those window locks. Uh, sometimes that just moving, uh, putting a spacer underneath one lock, lifting it up or... or um, aligning them a little better to where sometimes they can adjust the windows or sometimes even adjust how square they are or, you know, put them back into the right shape. Uh, because you have windows that are, even if they were put in perfectly eight years ago, you know, houses, you know, just like, um, just like my waistline seems to change every year. So things move around. So what was isn't so anymore. And, you know, so then there, I think you're ready for some professional help to manipulate those windows. So those locks are at least easier to operate or align better in the square of all that. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Do you have somebody like that that you can call a, a handyman? This is not rocket science. It's just somebody handy with tools that's willing to spend the time. And sometimes you just kind of stand there and, and you know, fi- kind of figure it out. What is it? And if you're handy yourself, Kathy, you can try this yourself. Adjusting the locks? Uh, yep. Or or do you have a handyman or somebody that you trust yeah. that can you can call? Yeah. I, yeah, I called the company, too, and they kind of blew me off. Why did you really? wait so long? Like, yeah, yeah, I was a little surprised. But Are I, they I, coming I, out, though? That, that surprised me. I, I didn't ask them to. I called them oh, a few months ago, and uh, yeah. they blew me off, and I figured maybe I could figure it out myself. But there just doesn't seem to be enough time. So yeah, I, yeah. I could call them back and see if they can, and I'll call my friend and see if he'll come over. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty good advice. I'll say it doesn't look like there's anything, you know, off, off. you know, that look like they're in there perfectly square. But I was yeah. hoping I wouldn't have to go to the, you know, take the vinyl off the bottom or maybe yeah. remove some uh, whatever, silicone or whatever they used. Well, there, uh, about the time your windows were put in, we were really, really into energy efficiency, cut heat loss, uh, conserve, all of that. And what happens is those windows become very energy efficient and hard to operate. So we've yeah. discovered that over the last... <laughs> Yeah, and, and, you know, the baby boomers, you and me, you know, we've been around the block a little while. We, we, you know, our fingers and our strength isn't what it used to be, so we need windows to operate easily. That's yeah. different than energy efficiency, so. <laughs> it is. Yes, okay. okay, but yeah, I'll call a few people and see what I can find. Yeah, call right. somebody that you trust that can come in and look at it, and then they can tell you because it's it's not rocket science. It just takes time, and you have to kind yeah. of know what you're doing on how to manipulate these things. All right. Well, thanks for your help. I appreciate it. Okay, Kathy. Blessings to you for the holidays. Take care. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye now. Bye. Oh, bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Again, uh, let's uh, see what's happening with my buddy Dan. Hey, Dan. Good afternoon. Thanks for lunchtime on KMOX. How are you doing today? How are you? Fantabulous, my friend. Hey, uh, so I'm going to bring out or put in a walkout door in my basement. Uh-huh. And one of the things uh, I know with the masonry wall, you cut into those, something you have to put a little. You're cutting in and out. I'm hitting, hearing only about the every fourth went, or fourth word. Okay. Is that better? Hello? No. Hang on You're one put, second, please. Yeah. 
You're putting in a walkout door in a masonry uh, in a basement. I, I got that far. Okay. And, and so what I want to do is uh, when I do this, do I install a lintel at the top of that door or that opening like you would on a masonry wall? Yeah. Is this is there a hole in the wall now or are you going to make that? Nope. Nope. I'm going to cut that in. Okay. If you cut that through, then you're uh, – uh, oftentimes, is this a concrete foundation then, Dan? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, then uh, you can cut out all of the concrete all the way up to the wood floor or the ceiling of that basement. Typically, okay. that's easier to handle. And then you're, that whole part above that door that's held up by that concrete is now unsupported. Uh, the way to do that is you can actually use the band joist, the board that is on the end of all those floor joists. That can be thickened, or you can frame in another header. Um, you know, and is your door about six feet wide, something like that? Yes. Yep, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so now you've got eight inches thick. You can put in three two-by-tens, uh, which should stay high enough to allow that six-foot-eight patio door to go in. So the point being that you uh, then can put a, a header in. You're going to need three two-by-tens um, to span that. You really only need about two, but I'm, I'm suggesting three because this is a do-it-yourself project. Over-design right. it. And then you yeah, need your, yeah. you know, your trimmers and you know, support on the side. So you need a good inch and a half. And where that goes down to support, you almost need to pour your concrete floor in and then put your head on. So you would have temporary support for that wall. What is the siding on the house that you're uh, living in now? It's vinyl, vinyl siding lab. Yep. Okay, then uh, effectively speaking, now, for all kinds of reasons here, do you know a structural engineer or an architect that can come and take a look at this for you? Yeah, yeah, a friend of mine that does structural engineering, yeah. Yeah, I think that might help because what they can tell you for, well, having a frame structure with vinyl has, you know, wood structure and sheathing on the outside. Generally, those are pretty stout. They, you know, they move pretty well. You cut a section of wall out. You do need to go back in and support it temporarily so nothing moves or shakes. You can break a lot of drywall that way upstairs. Uh, But generally, you get a good uh, structural somebody that can come in and tell you it's like yeah you have a lot of load there or you probably don't um, but uh, you can do the work yourself you just have to over be overly safe doing this it does require permit typically set of plans because they want to make sure that you are putting in enough structure in those triple two by tens um, to hold that up and that you're getting enough bearing on each end to hold that kind of point load on the hole in that wall now you follow me yep yep gotcha gotcha okay all right. Yeah. That, and one other thing on this. So when I cut that out at the bottom, uh-huh. normally when I expose that exterior wall, when I dig that out and expose that, normally they have a frost wall under there. Uh, how do I go about making sure that I have that frost wall uh, down where my footing would be? Uh, before you cut this wall out, you have to probe that. Uh, so typically okay. what we do, there's kind of a T-stick. It's like a piece of rebar, if you will, with a T-handle on it with a point on right. it. And we press it down, and we're looking to scrape down that concrete. Um, what what, is the, what is the exterior grade of that uh, dirt on the outside of your house right now before you cut the hole? 
Right. So what they did was uh, the house was built in 1977, and they okay. brought on the one end that I want to put the walkout in, they had actually brought dirt in and built it up uh, so they could, uh, you know, sort of reach the right elevation. And yeah. and so uh, what I'm going to do is just go in there and dig that dirt back out and because it comes out probably 15, 20 feet away from the house and then slopes down. And, and could, so we're yeah. just going to go in there and dig that out. So. Yeah, you will not have a frost wall. That is just a footing underneath there because the soil right. protects or insulates. So before you cut that hole, you're going to need a foundation company to come in there and support your footing down to below the frost line with either okay. some screw anchors or dig it out and, and pour concrete in. This is all before you put, this is where you need a structural engineer pretty much because gotcha. there's a lot lot to this. and. And if you mess it up, it, the consequences are big. The good news yep. is, is it's it's not as uh, difficult as it sounds. You just have to, you know, it's like a base runner in baseball. Running around right. the bases is very easy. You just need to make sure you touch all three bases and home plate to make it work. If you miss any one of them, you're in a world of hurt. So. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Okay, take care, Dan. Good luck, my friend. Um, all right. Uh, and again, there we go, a walkout basement. So the way a basement is poured um, is we figure out as professionals how much uh, the weather will get to the structural part of the house or the footing. So the first piece of concrete, we go, we dig a hole and we lay this piece of concrete, pour it down on the, on the ground. And if it is 30 inches deep or more, it only needs to be 8 inches thick, 10 inches thick, 12, you know, whatever the structural requirement is on a width there. But it's going to be protected from freeze because if it's 3 feet deep, then even on a very, very long, hard, very cold winter, that frost, the freezing soil will not penetrate below yeah, usually 17, 18, sometimes 20 inches and really well. well, our frost line officially is 30 inches. So we have to have structure extend 30 inches below where any weather can get to it. So that's from grade. So 30 inches below grade is considered our frost. Well, if you backfilling this foundation, you don't need to put an extra three feet of footing or frost wall down in the ground because you're protecting it with the backfill of the soil. Well, when you make it a walkout, you no longer have that weather cover, that dirt covered over the outside of that structural part. So you do have the probability that the freeze will occur and lift that footing because the bottom of the footing is only 8 inches, 10 inches, 12 inches sometimes below that concrete basement floor you have. So it can heave. And when you heave, you're pushing up the entire house, and you can lift a house with freezing soil. Uh, it happens, and, and it's ugly when it happens. So the point is that, that you then really have to get in there, dig out underneath that, and extend the concrete down to below, at least 30 inches below the uh, top surface of the patio or dirt or whatever you're using on the outside there. Uh, and there are coils. There are other types of uh, helical um, piers and anchors that some of the foundation companies can do without having to do all that. Anyway, it's a big deal. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Scott Mosby at your service. We'll be right back for more after this on KMOX. All right, back together, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby. 
at your service, the Camel X Home Improvement Show. We are halfway through hour two at one o'clock. Following this show, your retirement professionals right here on KMOX. Two o'clock, the business of family business, one of my favorites. Uh, and then 645 tonight, Billiken Basketball, St. Louis University, you know, St. Louis University Billiken Basketball, 645 right here on KMOX. Next up, let's talk with my buddy Jack and see what's happening. Jack, welcome to KMOX. Good afternoon. How can I help you, sir? Hi, Scott. Yes. Um, it takes a good bit of time for hot water to get hot. So um, I want to look into possibly getting a tankless hot water heater. Uh, we have a 90-year-old house, and I'm just wondering if it's feasible. We currently have about a 50-gallon hot water uh, tank. Um, I'm just wondering if it makes any sense for all people to look into uh, getting a uh, tankless-type water heater. Um, getting a tankless hot water heater will not change making a long time for the hot water to get hot because that's a, that's a function. So it, where your water heater is right now, uh, it has plenty of hot water and it's hot all the time in the tank. If you have a tankless hot water heater, it'll, it'll actually take longer because it takes about, you know, six to eight seconds for that blast furnace to warm up. You know, once the water starts flowing, then that tankless hot water heater delivers the hot water heater with a lag. There's a, a lag for it to heat up. The problem is the length of pipe from your existing water heater or a tankless water heater to your shower or wherever you point of use of that water. If you were to get a, a, a tankless water heater and put it right next to your shower or right next to that sink, that's how you get hot water heater quicker. Um, is that what you're thinking, that you're just going to put it in the bathroom or that end of the house? No, I think in the whole house, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah the, the house, the water heater, we've lived there for 12 years, so I know it's going to have to be replaced at some point in time. So I guess, um, and I've turned up the heat as, as much as I'd like. It's almost 150 degrees, which is pretty warm. Um, I'm just wondering if there's another option. Um. Here, here, here's um, something that happens. Uh, there is an on-demand or circulating water. So think about this. You've got a pipe that starts at the hot water heater, Jack, and it's, say, 35 feet, 40 feet. You know, and at the end of the house, the other end of the house, there's, uh, or whatever the distance is, you've got a big pipe there, and it's all full of cold water. So when you turn on the shower or the faucet or the sink, wherever it is, that 35 feet of cold water just flows for, and so you had plenty of hot water in the hot water tank, no problem there, so it's there. But it's the, it's the distance of, the length of time it takes to get rid of that 35 feet of cold water. That's why it takes so long to get cold water to the shower at that point of use. Uh, the concept of on-demand tankless water heaters um, is that you put that water heater right at the point of use uh and if you go into a fast food place you go in to wash your hands uh, you'll see a little looks like a soap dispenser hanging underneath the lavatory sink plugged into the wall and that that heats just a tiny bit of water for just the hot water on that place because um they they that that's it's very easy to do uh but for you, you still have 35 feet of cold water to get there. If you were to install or have a plumber to install a return line, like a half-inch copper line that goes all the way back to the water heater, and you put a little pump on it, what happens is it's called uh, instant hot water. And what that pump does is it turns very slowly. It's about the strength 
power and sound of of a like a fish tank pump air pump and it just moves the water through those pipes in a circular fashion and then your shower tees off of that loop so that that 35 feet of pipe is always filled with hot water when you turn on your shower you're only you know just the six feet coming up to your shower faucet is the only part of the cold water so that's an instant or circulating uh, hot water Um, but it takes a plumber to put that in and it it uses up energy because that 35 feet round loop now is 70 feet long with two ends of pipe all of it losing heat in that pipe so it does cost you more to hold that hot water am i making sense here so far yes that's actually i had no idea i'll look into that yeah it's called a circular system or return line so it's very common and the way the way it's typically built is you might have a a three-quarter inch pipe that comes off the top of the water heater whether a tankless or a tank so this it's independent to that so that water then comes three-quarter inch supply over to the other end of the house which might be your shower or those two bathrooms or two bathrooms depending and then where your laundry is in the basement as well then it'll have a half inch pipe that just comes down off of that pipe and returns all the way back to the water heater and it might go back in on the bottom of the water heater and you put this 200 250 very quiet low flow pump and it just circulates that water so it's it's a circulating hot water system or on demand uh, water system been used for you know 100 years um, typically it costs more so it's in the you know upper end houses Okay. Well, thanks a lot, and good luck with your uh, retirement after the first of the year. Oh, thanks, Jack. Good luck with your hot water. I mean, it's a long I know what it's like to wait 35 feet for hot water. It's like, hey, baby, you know, come uh-huh. on. It's winter. I, I don't mind it that much, but my wife does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there are two voters in the House. Everybody gets a vote, but only one gets counted there, Jack. Have you noticed that part? Well, we've been married for over 50 years, and they ask the secret of of a good marriage, a long marriage. I say what my dad used to say, uh, she does what she wants to do, and I do what she wants to do, and it works. (laughs) Oh, words of wisdom. Holiday blessings to you, uh, my my wise friend. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. All right, Jack. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Blessings for the holiday. All right. There we go. I do what I, she does what she wants to do, and I do what she wants to do. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, it better be. It better be. Anyway, 314-436-7900, I'll talk a little bit more about hot water circulating pipes when we come back. Uh, just keep in mind, um, it is more the pipes in the basement that slows down the hot water getting to your shower or your sink or your laundry, whatever it is, just realize that it's the pipe, the it's the artery, it's not the heart itself. The heart being akin to the hot water heater, whether tankless or, or, or tanked or whatever. There's plenty of hot water in most houses, and so when it takes a long time to get the water hot on the other end of the house, that's just burning off that cold pipe of filled with cold water all the way down at the other end. Uh, 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Let's take a short pause, come back for more after this on KMOX. This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
Yes, indeed. Scott Mosby here at your service. KMOX churches on the streets uh, collecting items for the homeless in St. Louis this month of December through the end of the month. Mosby Building Arts, my company, is uh, collecting uh, items for churches on the streets and folks that are homeless in the St. Louis area. Clothing for men and women, toiletries, food like canned foods with pop tops, granola bars, protein bars, miscellaneous, hand warmers, Metro bus tickets, tote bags, cinch bags, backpacks, duffels, blankets, sleep, all that stuff. If you've got it, get it to us. We'll make sure it gets to churches on the streets. They will distribute it uh, to people in need. Uh, It's a very good and worthy organization. You can drop those things off two places in Kirkwood, the Mosby Design Studio, 115 West Argonne, right across the street, just north of the... uh, Kirkwood train station, easy to find right there on Lindbergh Road, or as we call it in Kirkwood, Kirkwood Road, uh, which that, that road changes names according to where you are. But it's Kirkwood Road in Kirk, but it's Lindbergh. Uh, and then on the main office, uh, Mosby main office there, 645 Leffingwell Avenue, which is down in the industrial park, uh, right next to the Puzzle Warehouse, very close to Highway 44 and the Big Bend exit. Uh, let's get back to the phones and talk to my buddy Dave. Hey, Dave, good afternoon. How can I help you here on KMOX? Yeah, Dave, I, got, I mean, I'm sorry, Scott, I have another hot water question. Uh, I have hot water not getting into my shower, but it's getting into the bathroom sink and the kitchen. Um, I don't know if that could be calcium built up in a cartridge or possibly the valve. Uh, both uh, it is in the valve for sure because if you're get your um, your shower and your lavatory are all piped off of the same pipe that comes up through your house so it splits off one goes to your shower one goes to the toilet one goes over to the lavatory sink so that's all the same source so that means it has to be at that point of use which is the shower valve itself and uh, the reason I said it's a um, um, mineral buildup what happens is most of those shower valves in the last 20 years have been anti-scald or pressure balanced uh, valves which means there are springs in there uh, remember when you know you'd be in the shower and somebody flushed the toilet and took all the cold water away and somebody yeah. in the shower next you know all they get is hot water and it's wow you know well that's a scalding situation so we have pressure balanced. So now in that shower valve, we have springs in there that when the water flow or pressure drops, somebody flushes the toilet or uses up all the cold water, then that chokes off. It feel, okay, it feel it senses that the cold water is diminishing. It cuts down proportionately the hot water flow so you don't scald somebody in the bathing situation in showers. Well, that's a spring, that's stuff that moves, water comes past it all the time, leaves mineral deposits, so those springs get stuck, the seals get, you know, blocked and tarnage and frozen, so it's really just pulling apart that shower valve and rebuilding it with a rebuild kit. Do you know what brand your shower valve is? Uh, I believe it's a Moan. Okay. Uh, Moan and Delta both have uh, really good online support for uh, sending you rebuild kits for that, if you can figure out which one it is. Uh, but it know, it know this, that generally you take that handle off, which can take from anywhere from one minute to five days, because that screw also gets limed up in there, so it's hard to get that screw off just to get the handle off. Then you've got the escutcheon trim piece that comes off. Generally, you're looking in at the valve. If you're comfortable with that sort of thing, um, you know, you can take it on yourself by after you shut off the water to the house or at least to that bathroom. 
If not, you, you're probably better off to have a plumber come in and rebuild them and do everything in the house. So if you get a plumber on site, um, as they say in the horse world, uh, ride them hard and put them away wet uh, so that uh, – <laughs> You know, if if you're paying the trip charge, have them do that valve, have them do the other shower valve, you know, look into your bath, uh, your toilets and have check those uh, ball cocks, make sure those are in good working order. So because getting them there is the toughest part. Once they're there, if they have all the parts, you know, things move pretty quickly. So I, I, I'd look for a plumber there. Okay. Thank you so much. Is that, yeah. Does that all make sense to you then? It, it does, yeah. I was having an issue getting that, I guess, that set screw or that Allen, like you said, that's, I don't know if it's yeah. misaligned or whatever. I couldn't find anything to loosen that up, so I can't get that handle off to get that escutcheon out. Yeah. Escutcheon it's plate. just lime. It's just mineral buildup. Okay. You know, think about this. So the water comes around that handle, and it just flows around in the surface, and it just sits there on the bottom of that circular thing. Well, that's where that Allen screw is. So it just sits there and, and builds up with a bunch of mineral deposit in a drip that hasn't kind of fallen off of that metal yet. Or you get it all cleaned and dried off, and then just condensation brings more water, and you wind up with, you know, more mineral deposits. So, it yeah, that that one needs a little bit of lime away, CLR, vinegar, something. And it may take you a week of squirting this stuff on there, um, you know, till you get that off and, and just work it back and forth with that Allen wrench. This is that thing where, the, you know, you might wind up turning too hard and the house next door moves, you know. <laughs> okay, thanks. All right, take care. Good luck, my friend. <laughs> All right, Dave. And, and, and again, uh, just be aware that knowing uh, it, this definitely is one of those things where, um, you know, you're, you're going to pay a lot of money to get a plumber out there. Um, but it may be well worth it. And those of you that have had this experience, you'll know, you know, it's, it, you know, how tough could it be to get an Allen wrench out of a shower handle? You know, I, I know that's how that thing comes off. It's obvious. You turn it, you wiggle it back and forth, but it's frozen. So you turn a little harder. Well, plumbers know what the material is made of. They know the probably they know that usually that where the hard water is around town, so they know that your neighborhood or your house is probably going to be filled with a lot of mineral. And they might say, you know, well, I'm going to come back three times. This is the kind of thing if you can do the spraying of the vinegar, the CLR, the lime away, whatever that product on that area, and get that screw loose. Uh, you know, just spray it on there. That's what you and I as homeowners can do because a plumber, you know, he, he's there, you know, he's paying a gazillion bucks an hour because that's what they are. Um, and so it's important that that's something that you and I as homeowners can do. Um, uh, so anyway, just be aware there are maintenance things. And I want to go back to this, whether you have an electric, whether in this case it's a plumber, but it could be an electrician. It could be heating and cooling. Uh, for example, this time of year, you have trouble getting heat in the house. It may be your thermostat. Um, well, if you've got them there, have them go ahead and clean up the furnace, check the thermostat, all that, because getting them there, it's like, well, it's just going to cost me more. Well, it's going to cost you more later when it doesn't work, and then you have to pay that catch-up time, and they don't have anything that operates for troubleshooting on, so it's hard for them to troubleshoot. So the point being that preventive maintenance on things like this, once you get a professional there, a tradesman that knows what they're doing, come up with a list of anything else because a few more minutes 
it doesn't cost you much. Uh, it's it's the trip charge, getting them there. And in a lot of ways, people say it's so expensive. It is so expensive because if that plumber were spend an hour somewhere else, they might be able to make X number of money. At your house, they only make Y. So that's why they're hard to get for small jobs because there's, you know, they, they'd rather go to a bigger job where they can be more productive and they earn more. That's just, you know, human nature. Uh, if they come to your house uh, and they have this little repair, oftentimes the repair costs so much and it just makes people mad. So tradesmen like to have a long list instead of a small one. Uh, it's very common, you know, our salespeople at Mosby oftentimes run around fixing things for past clients because we really don't want to send them a bill for what it really should be. So that's where those relationships with contractors really come forward. You know, so you it, it matters. If you have somebody that you're already part of the family, like X here, or like with Mosby Building Arts or whatever company you already have that relationship with, that's valuable. It, it really is valuable because they know you and they know if you're in trouble, they'll respond with a lot more loyalty, you know, because you've been loyal to them as a customer. They're going to be loyal to you as a company. Anyway, that's uh, all of it there. Uh, be aware, folks, we've got lots of things happening here. One o'clock brings up your retirement professionals right here in about 15 minutes on KMWX. 2 p.m. business of family business. Tonight, Billiken Basketball, 645 right here on KMWX. Happy holidays, folks, and I will speak with you next week.